0: Good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me, today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 204. And this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get off the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This is awesome. Visit us at Twitter at PS is awesome if you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PSN, you can find me at anchorless underscore eighty one and Mr. Jake Peters at JakeSaw01. And as always you can work the show at PS This Is Awesome at gmail.com. Most importantly don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure to leave comments, rate the podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we are now doing this as a video podcast so you can watch us Talk about video games if you prefer over at our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is slowly growing. So for new and or longtime listeners, we now have a Patreon. You can support the show at a $1 level. It's called the One and Only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com. P.S. This is awesome to become a $1 patron and get your free die-cut vinyl sticker and a shout-out on our show. With that out of the way, Jake, how are you doing today?
1: Pretty good, all things considered. Cover recovering from COVID, so other than that, I mean, it's been kind of a week, but I feel pretty good now.
0: Yeah, you, you look pretty healthy <clears throat> considering.
1: Yeah, that's probably the most sick I've been since grade school. I'm guessing. Was it really that bad? It was pretty terrible, and I mean that this mostly because I just I never get sick. Yeah. literally ever. I've been sick. I think I've used five. I've been on a. I've been. It, at my job for 12 years and i think i've used five sick days wow so that tells you how how little i get sick and yeah that's pretty uh, wild you have a really and you I were was, just on the
0: last show talking
1: about it too <clears throat> about how like well i was mind, talking it was, it was funny sick. we were talking on the last we were talking on the last show about how it sucks that every time you get sick you have to wonder if it's covid and all this you shit you don't and, know yeah Here, you know, it ended up I I had COVID. What was the turning point for you? When when were you like, it's time to get tested? I had a fever on Sunday night, Mm. Um, and then Monday I felt pretty bad all day, so I decided to take a test on Monday evening, and I was positive. So, yeah, I've pretty much felt like shit basically until in some capacity until Friday yeah well, I'm sorry My to hear that that's started nice. on Saturday so yeah I'm glad you're getting through it you're almost
0: out of the lion's maw I guess almost out of it yeah well
1: I got all. Oh, I can go back to work tomorrow all I gotta do is basically wear a mask for the next day or two mm-hmm. and then you know it's totally fine but I'm allowed to leave the house tomorrow that's good yeah
0: well you missed a volcano. What's that? You missed the volcano then. You weren't affected by that because you didn't leave the house. I guess not. There was a big volcano that erupted under the ocean. Huge, huge. And and there's like all these tsunami alerts and stuff. Like it happened like not last night, but the night before at 11 p.m. And they have all this ridiculous satellite imagery of it. And it's enormous. The thing just – I mean it's kind of in the ring of fire area, you know, which is Mm -hmm. synonymous with tons of volcanoes. But like – They're talking to some experts. So yeah, we're not really surprised that this happened, but the magnitude at which it erupted and and being able to catch it and see it on satellite imagery is really kind of astounding. So um, it's affecting some uh, waves. uh, The obviously the coasts, mainly I think the coast of uh, California out there. There was a lot of uh, you know vacate. Don't be on the beaches because there's water coming. Um, I think is I think three feet waves or something, maybe maybe higher than that. I don't know. All the way over here, which is crazy because it happened far far away.
1: Um hmm.
0: it's interesting. Well, I know
1: we're supposed to get like an ass load of snow tonight and tomorrow.
0: Yeah, yeah, an ass
1: load. A ton of it. So we'll see if that actually happens. It seems like it's usually always overstated. <laughs> did you but see, yeah, did you see the pictures we'll of see. Lake Erie right now? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh man,
0: it's nasty. It it looks like it's like uh, Niagara Falls in the in like the coldest day ever. Like 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 uh, benches and pipes and like docks are all just covered in sheets of ice because I think it's so mm. windy and so cool. I mean, it's like in the single digits here right now. It was really cool. And I went outside yesterday, and I stepped outside, and I just felt my jeans freeze. Like, they were, like, frozen on my body. And I was like, God, I got to get back inside.
1: Taking the dog out has become a really, really terrible chore to do um, around the house. Today, it hasn't been that hasn't been that cold. I think that's part of the reason why they're worried about all this snow, because the temperature changed from yesterday to the, Yesterday was, like, the mid-teens. Today, it's, like, 28 or 27, something yeah, like that.
0: Yeah, I got that. 25 now. Yeah, same difference. Yeah. Very cool. <coughs> Anyways, man, have you been taking advantage at all of uh, being sick and getting any game time in since you're not really mobile?
1: I mean, I've been sleeping a lot, but... um, Yeah, I did... uh, I talked last week about finishing... uh, What the hell was that? Mass Effect 1. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I beat two other games. I beat... uh, um, that game, The Forgotten City, that I was talking about a couple weeks ago, that's the one that's like um <clears throat> it's like a kind of like an adventure game type thing where you're you're like in this underground Roman city <clears throat> and you gotta like try to prevent somebody. It's like one like the sins of one affect the many or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you have to talking, try and yeah, prevent this it's like a time loop thing, but it it's up. all about preventing this from happening. So I beat that and then uh, and then I also beat uh, Narita Boy, which is... Also, both of those games are fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend both of them. Um, and then I've been playing... In the last couple of days, I've been playing... Uh, uh, Dishonored Death of the Outsider, because I'd never played it. And I've been mm-hmm. wanting to play it for a long time. Cool. So I jumped back and I jumped into that. Is that I know DLC it's not really a or something, game. or is that for Dishonored? It's whatever? like a it's like a standalone DLC type thing. Um, it came out. I mean, it came out after like a little ways after Dishonored Two. So I think it came out in 2017. So it's like five years old now. But it's uh, I just I never played it, and I was a huge fan of Dishonored One, and also a big fan of Dishonored Two. So I figured. Why not? I mean, I've had it downloaded forever. I might as well decide to just try it out. Yeah, because I'm kind of at sort of a a point right now where I'm just sort of playing stuff, waiting for Horizon, either Horizon or Dying Light to come out. I don't know if I'll start Dying Light before Horizon, but we'll see. Fair enough. Well, I'll tell you what. I jump back into
0: Streets of Rage four. And got two more trophies in that game. I am so close to a fucking platinum in Streets of Rage 4. It's ridiculous. But um, does it have one? Yeah. But it's so, so ridiculously difficult. Uh, you essentially have to beat the game with one credit, which means on hard difficulty. So those beat 'em up games, you know how hard they can get, right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's a skill... Trophy. It's not like just like you gotta find stuff or unlock moves. It's like you have to beat the game. Uh, a run through the game on easy probably takes about an hour, maybe a little bit longer. So you start with three lives. And uh, I, I've been doing a little research. They say like the first version of Axel from Streets of Rage One, when you unlock him, does the most damage. And uh, so uh, they say to try it with him. Right now I'm trying it with somebody. I'm on like level six and I've died once. And you can get extra lives by pointing up by like, so it can be very strategic the way you play it. So I understand how this could be a cool trophy to get. The one I'm missing that one, and then I have to play through Streets of Rage just a single player game one time each with all the different characters. So that's kind of annoying because like I tried to unlock it by just playing through. On, like, multiplayer, I had my brother jump in, and, like, we went through a whole game where I was, like, the same character the whole way through, and it didn't unlock the trophy. You have to do it single player, which is kind of lame. So, I thought, well, it'll be fun to kind of, like, plow through it with another person and get credit for it, but it didn't didn't give me credit for it. So, I have a couple of those unlocked. And then the other one that's going to be really tough is, I believe... Actually, that might be the hardest one. That might be the most difficult one on my list is to beat the game. There was one that was really really tough, really really hard, it was just like land uh, I don't a ridiculous combo cuz it keeps track of your combo like you take you hit, hit 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 people. If you get hit one time it breaks your combo obviously. But then <clears throat> the way those beat em up games are set up, it's not like you're playing like Street Fighter. It's like when you kill a guy you have to make sure like there are other enemies on the screen so you can continue your combo or else you'll time out of it. So you have to find like the best part of the level to do it. And then I got that one after a little YouTube research because it's just one of those things. It's like, I'm going to let someone else figure out how to do it, and then I'll just execute it. But like doing the single, single player through uh, on hard without <clears throat> using a continue uh, so three guys, I think the YouTube channel that I, or, or the game fact thing that I pulled up said that you can do it. You can feasibly, if you eat your, so like if you're already at full health and you eat like your, cause you can level, you can like uh, health up by picking up like chicken or salad on the street, you know, and it your health. <clears throat> so they said like, if you save your special moves at the end of each level, and you only eat those when you're maxed out on health already because they just get converted into points that you can maybe get about seven lives total on a single playthrough on hard. So I'm down to two lives and I'm on like level six and there's probably like 15 levels. So I don't think this playthrough is going to cut it, but I'm going to see how far I can get. I'm not using the good character either. They said to use. I started before I started looking up because I got I, I died and I was like, what the fuck? Like this is going to be so. because the bosses are so hard in these games. You know, there's bosses at the end of every stage, and you have to beat them and not die. And and if you use your special moves, it depletes your health. So it's just like everything is stacked against you of being able to move. It's it's supposed to be a, like a quarter chewer, you know, like those old em up games. So to like beat it through, I don't know. I, I really want fucking want to do it, but I I don't know if I have what it takes. Um, I beat Mass <laughs> Effect One, and uh, we've both now gotten through that, so we're sticking pretty good to the plan. We'll do a Mass Effect episode soon. L J wrote in and he wanted to know if he should do Mass Effect One or something else. He had something else on his repertoire on his game list. And I said, dude, just beat Mass Effect one because 'cause we're going to start recording an episode where Jake and I talk about it. So, um I'd even be willing to have him come on and share maybe his his uh opinions of the game with us. But he said uh so far he's really enjoying it so that's good so it is a really good remake for people who've never played it before like you never played before I never played it before
1: I know you didn't like the Mako but I mean the Mako is fucking trash but it's I'm just so excited for you guys to play Mass Effect 2 because it is so much better (laughs) I mean I don't want to build your expectations too much and then you know have you be like oh this isn't as good as I expected it to be but it is like they took everything that was awesome about mass effect one and then just improved on it. Yeah. And, and I think that it, it, uh, it flows a little better. It's a little deeper in terms of the systems, the game's a little longer. So it allows you to explore like <coughs> some of the social relationships a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, cause yeah, we don't, we don't talk.
0: Yeah. We'll, about, we'll but, have a whole episode. Do
1: um, you want to move on to the news?
0: Welcome to the PS This Is Awesome Patreon page. For those of you that don't know, my name is Fred Oakman. And I'm Jake Peters. And we're a PlayStation podcast currently in our 10th year. Our first episode aired in July of 2012, where we discussed and speculated on the arrival of the PS4. Over the years, we've used this podcast to take a break from adulting, share our love of video games, and in particular,
1: PlayStation. The audio podcast is available on all major streaming services, and we have recently made the leap to uploading video content and video podcasting to our YouTube channel, as well as the very occasional Twitter post or live stream. Over the years, we have covered everything from PS3 to PS Vita through the launches of PS4, PSVR, and now PS5. As our audience has grown over the years, we have decided to start this Patreon with the hopes of creating a medium in which we can give you the opportunity to help support our show. And
0: as a test bed, we're starting with a single tier. It's called the one and only $1 Club. So with your support at the $1 level, we're going to mail you a premium vinyl cut sticker and give you a shout out on the podcast. But at this time, unfortunately, we can only ship to the U.S. and Canada.
1: But this is subject to change depending on your interest. So whether you're new to the show or you're a frequent flyer, we are forever thankful for your support and hope you can find it in your little gaming heart to join us in the one and only $1 Club. Until next time, like PlayStation, podcasting, and Patreon, P.S. This This is is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's fun. All right, let's do the news. Uh, so, I don't like this news, Jake, but for anybody interested in Horizon Forbidden West, apparently the game has been leaked, and there are spoilers abound. So, now is the time to get dark on it. Don't pay attention to it. Uh, block the stuff on Twitter. Just, it's, it's, it's going to be out very soon. So, I mean, I... I, it just fucking pisses me off when I get stuff spoiled. And I didn't see anything, but I, I saw a news post somewhere about it indicating that it has been leaked, and there are spoilers all over the place. So just a word of I
1: warning. mean, this is, this is going to be a thing basically from now until forever that mm-hmm. it's just going to happen with every single big release that comes out. So it's basically wise to just, if you're interested in a game that has a single-player story, that just kind of quit on it news-wise. Just quit you know, checking good,
0: the news altogether, really. Yeah. And just listen good, to our show.
1: We'll tell yeah, you what's relevant. Exactly. On. If you just wait like, like, like six months before it comes out. Just don't even look at it at all anymore. We'll tell you what's relevant, PlayStation was.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's move on. So, Street Fighter, Jake, is now 35 years old. And uh, the logo for the 35 year anniversary is awesome. And I think there's something about the logo for Street Fighter that is so incredibly identifiable with that IP that I think companies need to take note. Um, who, who was the... was It was it Konami that changed their logo recently. Was it that we hated? It was like a speech uh Bandai Namco. Yeah, Bandai or, Namco.
1: Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Bandai Namco.
0: Yeah, so don't change shit so often. Build your image, build your brand. Uh, new doesn't always equal better. And I saw this logo pop up when I was looking at news Stories And it just kind of made me feel really old, first of all. 35 years old? When did Street Fighter come out? Like, I'm 40. That means it would have come out when I was
1: five? The first Street Fighter? It would have come out in the 80s, probably in the arcade. 86, probably. 86, 87. Yeah, which is pretty amazing (sighs) if you think about it, considering it's it's still widely considered, you know, the gold standard of fighting games.
0: Uh, It's such a good fighting game There's something about Street Fighter that no one's really been able to tap into quite like
1: them. Mortal Kombat is pretty good, but I have have always have a soft spot in my heart for Super Street Fighter Two, just because I played the shit out of that game when I was a kid on my Super Nintendo. Yeah, but ultimately, I really don't like Street Fighter. I don't like the way it controls. I love it. I I hate using the up button for jump. It drives me fucking crazy. But um, and I hate how slow the movement is. But, I, but, like, all of, like, the moves and, like, the actual fighting is, is awesome. I just hate the way you move around the screen. They
0: invented the special move in fighting games. So, like, the down, roll forward, and a button, like, for the, for the ball of flame... That Ryu and Ken shoot or whatever that thing's called, the Hadouken. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They invented that joystick maneuver and that combination. Like, think about that. Like, that's awesome. Like that. That has followed every like every fighting game has used that to a degree for a special move for somebody. Maybe it doesn't always result in the Hadouken, but the fact that they came up with the idea of the special move, I think. I think they did. If I'm wrong, correct me, listeners. But I don't know who else yeah, would have done no it. Idea.
1: Who else would have come up that with quarter that? that quarter turn forward punch? You know, or the roll back kick, yeah. yeah, yeah, so good, so good to
0: have special moves. And if you didn't know the button combination, you were you were boned, man. Like you didn't, you know, you'd be fighting somebody in the arcade, and you look over, and they'd they'd have Blanka like doing these crazy maneuvers. You're like, what the fuck is that guy pushing over there? There's only six, Flying you know, four buttons, six trip. buttons. Yeah, what combination? Do I have to need to push to make the, my dude do that? What a, I love the idea of fighting games. I love the competitiveness. But only, like, I think I like it less online. I think I, I, I would much rather stand at an arcade cabinet and duke it out with somebody over a quarter. It'd be so much more fun. I remember, dude, it was always really intimidating going to the arcade when I was, like, younger. Because there's always some older guy at the, at the table, you know? And, like, here comes a challenger. You put your quarter in and be like, hey, man, do you mind if I try? He's like, yeah, go, go for it. And you're, like, just a little kid, like fucking trying to beat him. So, I don't know, man. There's something cool about that, for sure. All right. Well, hey, here's, here's some news about the Twisted Metal TV series Lucid Games. Uh, they were originally tasked with creating a companion game to the new Twisted Metal TV series. And uh, they have recently been removed from the game project. And it's rumored that it's now in the capable hands of Fire Sprite, which is interesting. So, mm-hmm. Fire Sprite was yeah, working on the Horizon thing. They, they did Call of the Mountain with uh, Gorilla. So, I don't know. Is it possible that it could be a VR? If
1: it's a VR game, that would be weird if they wanted it to be a companion game for a TV show. You'd think they would want it to be a little bit more accessible.
0: Yeah, it's just weird. It's weird. I mean, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be VR, but it's also noted... In the article on Push Square that Twisted Metal, uh, the T V series is is being described as an action comedy involving a courier. So I guess my impression of that would be kind of like a Mad Max kind of thing with some comedic relief and you're just trying to courier shit around somewhere. I don't know.
1: To me it to me it sounds like maybe they're gonna be going like instead of the Mad Max route, they're gonna be going the Borderlands route. You know what uh, I mean? Oh yeah, sure. Mm-hmm but i mean what is what does that really mean in the twisted metal universe <clears throat> i have no idea an
0: action comedy so maybe like zombieland or like uh
1: yeah maybe i, mean, I yeah i mean obviously i don't think there's zombies in no the, but like the the, the vibe twisted right metal like where there's going to be sure. like
0: explosions and and guts
1: and whatever but
0: then also like comedy
1: like like comedic characters on the background of you know, a serious environment Mm. Mm. or something. I I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait and see.
0: Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. And on a side note, uh, it looks like, and this is not game related, but I'm really excited about it. Talking about TV series. I don't know if you ever watched the justified movies or TV shows with, uh, Timothy Oliphant. You ever watch those? No, he, uh, Mm -hmm apparently is reprising his role from that acclaimed TV show on a... It's going to be a Disney Plus series. And I forget what it's going to be called, but it's going to be based in Detroit. So he's going to... Raylan Givings is coming back. So I'm so excited about that. I just heard about that. That's why I had to throw it in there. Talk about TV
1: series. Huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love Timothy Oliphant. I think he's Fantastic.
1: He's uh, underrated. Did you like him in the Hitman live-action movie? Yeah, he was amazing. Yeah. I'm sure he was. He he looked fucking stupid as Agent 47. I'll just tell you that right now. Good.
0: uh, The movie was terrible. Way to bring it back to games, though. I give you credit on that. (laughs) I couldn't quite do it myself. I was like, man, how the hell can I do? Anyways, man. I think he's awesome. Um, so if the scuttlebutt's true, Jake, PS4s are going to stop being produced at the end of the year, and it's always kind of like a bittersweet scene, uh, sweet thing to see the end of a console. I mean, I don't like I don't like the idea of like this awesome machine stopping being made. I mean, all I have
1: to say about say. it is that there better be PS5s in the store before they stop making ps4s do you think they're sitting on an overabundance of ps4s they might be i mean if they if if nobody's buying them but i feel like people are still buying them because they can't buy ps5s so i i don't know like because because like i was talking about last week about my xbox i mean i could still sell my xbox one s mm-hmm. without a disk drive yeah. for more than i paid for it so people are still hungry for new con con new, getting a new console, even if it's an old console. So I feel like Sony would be stupid to stop making them if they don't have PS fives on the market. Yeah. Now if they do, if they're like, Oh, well, we know that by the end of twenty twenty two we're gonna have PS fives in stores, then fuck it. Yeah. yeah. Stop selling PS fours and you'll make a lot more money. People will buy PS fives. Yeah. So this could be but,
0: a this could be a little telling, right? This could be slightly telling of uh Maybe Sony's plan. Maybe they're confident.
1: It could also mean that, you know, it could also be that they, you know, go back on it at the end of the year. But we'll see. It really depends how the year goes.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you uh, jumped into our chat here, I was watching a trailer for this game called Far Changing Tides. Have you seen anything Mm -hmm. about this game? Is that the one that's, like, the ship
1: on the ocean? It's, like, side-scrolling? Yeah, it kind of like looks like kind of like action-adventure game. It looks kind of cool. Yeah. That's yeah, all. Yeah, I, I watched the trailer of it, but I don't know anything about it. Neither do I. I just wanted to ask you if you knew anything about it, because, like, I just saw the trailer for the
0: first time, and I was like, wow, this game's coming out, I don't know, in a little over a month, and it looks like
1: an indie title and stuff, but it looks really cool. Um, yeah, it does look interesting. I will, I will give you that. I, it's, uh it's, I'm trying to think of, it reminds me of something and I can't, it's like when you're not in this, like, like when you're, it's almost like when you're on the ship on the ocean, instead of in a 3D space, wandering around the ship and doing shiply tasks, right? It like cuts out the side of the ship, almost if you're looking like at a map of a ship from the side and you can like 2D kind of wander through the ship. I'm guessing and do, Maintenance type tasks for your ship. And then once you get to wherever you're going, then there's 2D platforming kind of on the islands or wherever you're going to be going to. So I don't know if this is supposed to be like an exploration type game or. I'm on the website. It's
0: farchangingtides.com. And it says it's from the creators of the award winning Far Loan Sales. And uh, I've never played that, but this is coming to Epic, Steam, PlayStation, Xbox, Switch. It says, sit, sail, and discover the wonders of a flooded world rife with mystery. Dive into unknown depths and on the hunt for fuel and salvage. Devise innovative solutions to overcome intricate obstacles and unearth forgotten relics lost to time. And then it says, experience the thrill of captaining a unique seafaring vessel with a mind of its own. More than a ship this is a friend together you'll be bra- together you'll brave the high seas navigate intense storms and plumb the perils of a briny deep growing as an inseparable partnership captain your ship and then it says, Contend with both fantastical and familiar in a richly detailed environment to captivate and mesmerize from bleak shorelines lopped by tides, desolate basins and flooded forest valleys to submerge enclaves frozen in time. Each lovingly hand-painted location tells its own story. And that's what the thing that really stuck out to me was the art. So they're saying in here that it's all hand-painted. And you definitely are on the ship, but I'm seeing like scenes where it turns into first person. And I don't know if that's just the... Uh, the photo, photo mode or something, but it looks, I don't know how hmm. the game plays, but visually it looks cool to me. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Just something to be on the lookout. I know we're always, uh, we're all excited for horizon coming around the band. We've been talking about dying light Two, all these other games that are getting a lot of press, all these triple a games, but don't forget. There's a lot of really cool, uh, indie looking games coming out also. Um, speaking of Dying Light 2, Jake, they, they talked, we talked last year, how they said, or last episode, how they said there's going to be a hundred five hundred 500 hours of gameplay. You know, they could beat the game. We were like, what the hell does that even mean? And then we kind of determined that like, it's just the decision tree to see every possible little and look and creating of the game. Well, they've come out now, the developer, and they said that they're going to promise five years of updates to this game. That's a mm. lot of like. Time to support a game, I feel like. Like, I'm not thinking about games I played five years ago.
1: I don't think so, unless I depends, can really mark with me. Depends on what they do with it. Because, I mean, Skyrim's ten over 10 years old now. And there's still content being created for that game all the time. So, I'm not saying that Dying Light 2 is going to be as world-changing as Skyrim was. But depending on how they make it like if they make like a living world and where they can just push content in here there and everywhere not to mention if i don't i doubt this is the case but if it like supports the user mods and stuff Mm -hmm. like i could easily think about it being something that they could support for years to come and it took them a long time to develop dying light too i mean the first dying light came out in like 2014 or 2015 something like that so you know it's been a long time coming and it it, it sounds like the game is going to be relatively deep so i hope that it's i don't know that it's going to be something that i feel like putting 500 hours in i doubt it because nothing makes me want to put 500 hours into it anymore but i'll be curious to see what they do to kind of keep that carrot out in front of you yeah. to keep you wanting to play it. And now I th- I do think I'm not positive, but I think Dying Light has maybe maybe it has some kind of a co-op component to it. Not positive on that. I don't know. But if it does, yeah. that might help sort of stretch the legs of it some. Um, but I don't know. I'm excited for the game. I loved the first Dying Light. I thought it was fantastic. So I'm really interested to see what Dying Light 2 is like. Now the only thing that concerns me about all this extra content is how long is the base game gonna be hopefully it's like 30 hours or something like that I'm guessing the reason why I'm concerned is that like you know a game like Skyrim for example, the reason why I can wander around that game for a hundred hours is because, I can literally just wander around and like enjoy the being in the world. Whereas like dying light is a little bit more frenetic. Like you can't just wander around the world, right? You have to like actively scale buildings and stuff and things are constantly hunting you. It's not like you can just avoid stuff a lot, you know? So, um, I mean, you can avoid bad guys and and zombies and all that, but, it's much more of an active playing experience whereas like Skyrim you could almost play it like an adventure game if you want you could avoid combat and just kind of wander around and go fishing and do like exploration and stuff whereas I don't I'm I'm curious how much of that they're going to bring into Dying Light to make it something that people want to spend hours and hours and hours and hundreds of hours in so I'm I'm curious because to me boasting about The fact that it has 500 hours is kind of like a an antiquated way to promote your game, because that was like something that, you know, five, seven years ago, maybe even 10 years ago, when when developers were like, we've got hundreds of hours of content. You know, everyone was like, oh, my God. And they were getting really excited because this game's going to be bigger than ever. Yeah. But now I think people are just overwhelmed with stuff to do, like games to play. So it's less appealing whenever they see a game come onto the radar that's like, we're going to be 500 fucking hours. And, you know, I think a lot of people now are now like, well, I've got like 30 games to play. So you're telling me that I'm going to have to spend 100 hours playing this game? So I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I'm curious though.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about dying light to like, you know, I've been kind of had a hankering for scary games. And I think there's some of that to this, the open world thing. But like you said, you got to be a little more calculated with your movements in this game, you know, travel during the day. If you get caught somewhere in the night, you know, that kind of thing. And, you know the story. I, I it's going to have side quests, sure. It's going to have a main linear mission, not linear per se, but a main story to tell. I think it's going to be good, but I don't know that it's a day one for me. I don't. It's something I really think I would enjoy playing, but like you said, man, like how do we how do we exercise time management in such a way that we can play? All of these games, when you live a life outside of the video game world, right? That's the tricky part. So you have to be very choosy about the ones that you pick and the ones that you buy because, especially when you get older, like I think most of our listeners are a little older, they have kids, they have families. Um, and if you don't, you hopefully will at some point at least have something that you're responsible for doing in your life. But I guess it's just like your responsibilities start to tip the scale towards like, you know, we get kind of forced to grow up fast. And then, uh, you know, you're stuck in this world where you still want to play games. And you want to try everything out. That's awesome. But and even if you are busting your ass and you have the money to do it, you don't always have the time. So it gets kind of tricky. I mean, I have trouble staying up past like 930, 10 o'clock right now. You know, of course, I'm getting up at 6:30 in the morning every morning, and then I'm playing gigs on on the weekends, which are late. So my my internal clock's all screwy, but it's uh it's hard to stay up past a certain time, no matter how much I want to. So, to, I mean, the game looks awesome. I don't know if it's for me right now. Like, if I if something if I, I had to have surgery and I and I got put out of work for a while or something, and I was just laid up on the bed. Oh, dude. It would be a blessing and a curse because I can't stand sitting still, but at the same time, like it would afford me so much time to do, to get, get ahead on all these games and like play them. Cause I really want to, I just, I don't know that
1: I'll be able to, you know, Problem is for me now is the time. Yeah. That's it. Now is the time. Not, oh. not in fucking July <laughs> right. Right, right, right. whenever I, I play games for like literally four hours a week because I'm so busy outside of the house. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I mean it's it's to me what's really what it's really gonna boil down to is whether or not I decide to play Horizon day one. Mm. Because I do wanna play it, but Horizon comes out <clears throat> the fourteenth two 15th, weeks later. 18th? What day does it come out? It comes out the so it's the eighteenth? So I was looking at so here we go. I'll just I'll just look. so just to give you an idea, of, these are just games that I'm interested in Excuse me. that are releasing in the first half of this year. So, Dying Light 2, February 4th. Yeah. Thiefu comes out February 8th, which is four days later. <sighs> then, Horizon Forbidden West comes out February 18th, 18th yeah. which is a week and a half after that. Then, Elden Ring, which I'm not going to play, comes out. A couple uh February twenty-fifth. Then uh a couple weeks later, on March 4th, grand Turismo 7 comes out. Yeah. Then a couple weeks after that, if you're interested, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands come out, the Borderland spinoff, which I think looks cool. And then in May, For Spoken comes out, and somewhere in there, the PS5 version of cyberpunk is coming out so there's a in all of those games like if you're talking about maybe not so much sifu but if you're talking about like dying light horizon elden ring um cyberpunk tiny tina's wonderlands all of those are gonna be open world rpgs games that are going to be fucking huge. Yeah, they're they're all going so, to be bigger games, man. And that doesn't take into account something like now I'm not going to play Gran Turismo 7 probably. But Grand Turismo 7, that Grand Turismo is one of those games that like the people that play those games play them for hundreds of hours. Right. They're not like, you know, a game that somebody plays for 5 hours and puts down. Yeah. Unless you're like a dabbler. Unless you're me. Which you know, you know, I'm not not for seventy dollars, I'm not. <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, you know, I might dabble whenever it's twenty bucks or something like that. But or if it comes to PS Plus or whatever. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's just that's just the first, you know, three four months of the year, we've got a handful of games that are all gonna be larger games, and we're gonna have to pick and choose. And I'm excited for Dying Light and obviously Horizon. But, you know, there's going to be some games that I'm interested in that I just might not get to. Like, I'm really interested in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Like, I think it's going to be, like, to me, it seems like a cool application of that sort of IP. Kind of like a fantasy take on Borderlands. And then... uh, obviously I'm interested in playing cyberpunk but I mean I don't know how many hours you put into cyberpunk Fred but I'm sure like it's it could be almost as long as you want it to yeah I beat it there's still a lot of side quests I didn't do and then obviously and then sometime in Q2 the Witcher PS5 comes out which I'm yeah. probably not gonna play but I mean I mean I might play it if it's a free upgrade they, for someone four versions I read somewhere that it's getting additional downloadable content new stuff. I mean, if they're giving us new content, then maybe I'll play it. Or like a new expansion or something. Because the, the two expansions for The Witcher 3 were both really good. I mean, yeah, I, I know that people talk more about Blood and Wine because it had like the whole Toussaint map and all that shit. But I actually thought that a heart, Hearts of Stone was a better story. Oh, 100%. Um, it was so good. So, yeah. So, um but if they do come out with like a new fucking DLC kind of story content for that game, especially with as successful as a TV show has been, well, I it was would a tie. So,
0: yeah, yeah. And I guess maybe I should explain what I saw. So, I saw that it was a post saying that the DLC with the upgraded version of The Witcher 3 isn't going to be as meaty as the other. Uh, DLCs they've released for the game, but they said that it was going to run in conjunction with the, the the Netflix series. So my guess is is that it's going to be some sort of skins or something, or some sort of like you know may- maybe the characters will look like the people from the TV series, or maybe I don't know. I would I would personally love to see like a side quest where you get to play as like Eskel or somebody or like another witcher. Like you're not Geralt. You're just like in this other witchers. Like you have to go track down a monster and kill it in like this
1: mansion or something. Yeah. That would be cool. It doesn't have to be huge with something, right? Something to reel people in. I think that would be cool, but I, I don't it could easily be a side story or like, I don't know that this is probably too big for them to do, but, uh, if they did like, If they went backwards Mm. and did like the sacking of Karemoran or something like that, yeah, would be like pretty fucking cool if you think about it. Yeah. But you could play Young Casimir maybe or something. Yeah. That'd be
0: cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right. Well, hey, I don't have a whole lot more as far as news, but I did want to bring up this last one. I, I have heard nothing about this, and this is on Push Square. There's a PSVR MMO that is launching on the 27th of this month, which is just a really weird thing. Not PSVR 2, just PSVR. It's called Zenith, The Last City. Um, So I guess the way that this is rolled out is that it's really ambitious apparently. There's a one-time fee of $30, right? And then the developer is indicating they're going to give you 100 hours of content and then they're going to continue to upgrade the game this is from Push Square. And uh, it just seems interesting. So they're saying that it is full cross-play, so it will be available on the PS4, I think, without needing the VR. I don't know. I don't know. It, it didn't really go into detail, but I guess it's a huge, large open world, and it's an MMO and it's VR based. But what does crossplay mean in this case?
1: If it's, does that mean maybe it's crossplay? Maybe it's crossplay with like the PC versions. So like you know, I don't know, Vive and Oculus. Oh yeah, I guess that's an option, huh? I I don't know. It's called
0: Zenith, the Last City. I kind of want to do because the the listeners know that I have the dongle. Um, and I do love the PlayStation VR. I'm an advocate of it. Um, but I don't know anything about this game. And I was looking at this article and I was like, what in the hell is this? So I'm on the website now. It's on, I guess it's available on Steam VR. It's available on Oculus and PlayStation VR. And uh, it launches, I believe. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Thrilling anime JRPG inspired VR MMO coming to Oculus Quest, Quest Two, Rift, PlayStation VR, and Steam VR on January 27th. So it's not out anywhere, and it's launching on all these VR devices at once on January 27th. And it's thirty bucks,
1: dude. I bet you this thing's gonna be rad. I mean, I haven't heard anything about it, which is kind of interesting. But I mean, I'm all about a successful VR game. So if it's good, that's great. Open world VR, you know, I'd, be, I'd be all about... Yeah, I'd be all, I'd be all about... I mean, I'm not going to play it because I can't hook up my fucking VR, but I'd be all about it.
0: Yeah. it's. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't know anything about it, but it's called Zenith, <laughs> The Last City. And it looks pretty as hell for a VR game. They're not going for like a super realistic look. I mean, it looks kind of futuristic, actually, um, the the images. Are you seeing it, Jake? you looking at this? Mm, it, let me look at it right now it looks like the like the art style is interesting
1: um it, yeah it looks it looks uh it looks very looks kind of like uh that <laughs> sort of maybe a little bit simpler version of like a world of warcraft kind of aesthetic <clears throat> that kind of it's really bright colors blocky, like cell shaded yeah, kind of thing. Doesn't, I don't know. Which will work for VR probably. Kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, it's going to need to be, it can't be super high, you know, fidelity. Otherwise it wouldn't work in VR, original PSVR, especially if they're doing an MMO and you're processing other people's characters and all that crap too. Yeah, but, dude. I don't know. I mean, it could be fun to play. I mean, it looks, it looks weird, but it could be really fun to play. Yeah. But, uh, so I, I just, you know, real quick, since we don't have much, uh, much news, I I saw that there was a a couple of things that I found interesting. Um, one was that apparently PS3 games have started appearing on the PS5 store, Mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting. I don't know if, uh... If this is any indication towards what they're doing with what was the code name Spartacus? (laughs) Yeah, for the whatever the fuck it is, right? Yeah, or or if it's or if these are or if these are ports or if they're just like PS Now like streaming versions or whatever it is. Yeah, but uh, it it is just kind of an interesting thing. So so we'll see. Um, if. If that's going to work or not, uh, and the the other thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that so God of War came out on PC yesterday, I think. Oh yeah, it did. Yeah, uh-huh. um, not yesterday, Friday, I believe it was, and because uh, today's Sunday, and uh, it had over sixty thousand concurrent players Jesus. on release day. That's on ins- Steam. That's insanity. So. That's pretty cool. I mean, it seem it it seems that like Sony's games coming out on PC are are successful. People are really anxious to play them, which is which is awesome. I think it's it's great for the platform. and And to be completely honest, I personally wouldn't give a shit if they released all the new Sony games where they came out on PC <clears throat> the same day as PS five because. Yeah whatever i mean it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to me i mean i'm gonna buy i'm gonna buy them on playstation because that's where i like to play but it's not gonna hurt the platform to release them on pc as well anything's gonna help it's gonna give playstation more money yeah because because most of the people that are gonna play it on pc they're not gonna buy a ps5 anyway they already spent a thousand dollars on their computer Mm -hmm. so why would they why would they buy? I mean, they might if they've got enough disposable income. They may spend another five hundred dollars just so they can play The Last of Us Part Three or whatever. But when it comes I out, right? That That's the thing. Like when it comes out, well, I, th- I think uh, that most people overstate how many people are going to buy a console to play a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, I think they. I think people do do it, but I think it's more of like a mass. Thing where it's like, you know, like if someone's choosing between two consoles, they pick the PlayStation because they like the exclusives more. But if they're playing all their games on PC, they're not going to buy a fucking PlayStation Five for one game. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, unless they're loaded, which or unless it's a VR thing, like with you and Half Life Alex, right? Like you don't have a quest, but if if they've got a good gaming PC, they could probably fucking play it on their Vive, which it's and it's going to be a better experience. So uh i'm i'm curious you know i mean it it could be it could be something interesting whenever psvr2 comes out especially if it's the we were talking about it last week how i don't know if it'll be the best vr headset on the market but it's going to be pretty close in terms of technology so and especially if it's cheap that may drive people to playstations if psvr2 comes out and it's like three four five hundred bucks like if it's let's say it's five hundred dollars and for the price of the console and the vr at a thousand bucks you get in and you've got probably the best vr headset on the market right now plus a playstation 5 for a thousand bucks i mean you can't even buy yeah, that's a great deal especially with the an everything five for eight hundred dollars yeah and that that it needs a pc so right. it's pretty interesting
0: to think about. Yeah. Well, before, before we get on to the new games coming out, Jake, I just wanted I – was, I was looking through Push Square the other day, and they had a poll up. And they do these polls all the time, and the listeners of the show know that I like to go to Push Square and pull a lot of news topics from them for us to discuss. I have to kind of chew the fat over, as they say. But they had a, they had a question. They had a poll. And uh the question was simple. It was what's the ideal game length for you? Since we were talking about Dying Light two and the five hundred hours that it may require, game length has come up and we've talked about it, it's been a recurring theme on the show and specifically on this on this show. Talk about not having time to play the games that we want to play, the new games. So out of out of five thousand one hundred and twenty votes The resounding answer uh, to this... Now, there's six six answers. Zero to five hours, five to ten, ten to twenty, twenty to thirty, thirty to forty, and so on. Forty plus. the uh, Leading the charge is twenty to thirty hours. Is what the majority... If you're to take a cross-section of gamers that get their news... PlayStation gamers get their news on Push Square, probably... Um, the majority of people would like to have twenty hours for a game, you know, especially for a full price game. I would imagine, and uh, you know, anything more than thirty kind of feels like a chore. I would imagine it's, it starts kind of wearing its welcome thin, unless, of course, it's it's a fantastic game, um, you know, or it's you know meant to be. Like you, know, you think some of these open world RPGs, we kind of go into them knowing we're going to dump a ton of hours, like The Witcher, or like Cyberpunk, or Fallout, or Skyrim. You know, you're going to dump.
1: I wouldn't say that that's like Typical. But even then, if like the main, the mainline story, for example, is if you're just you know, a main 30 learner. hours, yeah. that's totally fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could, let's say, that's what I'm saying about dying light. Like, if the game's 500 hours long, but you can beat the main story in 30 hours, then that's I mean, to me that's fine because yeah. everything else is optional. Do you do you agree with with the majority here, or, or do you think maybe 10 to I, 20? I do. I th- I think that it's a smidge long for me personally. 30? I'm more of a I'm more of a 10 to 20 hour kind of yeah so kind of guy. At in twenty in, in a lot of times. yeah, that came in What's second, that? by the way. Yeah, so like in a in a lot of times, depending on the game. Uh, I'm perfectly happy playing games that are less than five hours long. Yeah. Especially if it's a game that's like an indie title that I've maybe paid 20 bucks for. Yeah, I'm all about them being shorter experiences because you know, I would rather have something be four hours long and just be a tight four hours and me walk away from that experience completely satiated yeah. and talking to somebody about how it's worth the $20, 100% I'd way rather have that than have the game be 20 hours and have me feel like you know I'm dragging ass for three quarters of it or at least half of it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I I would say that when you purchase a game, the length of the game can influence your purchase one way or the other. So if I'm not in the mood to buckle down and I know I've got Horizon coming out in like two weeks, but I want a new game and I want to dick around in a new game and play a new game or whatever – that's exactly why I started playing Street Rage 4 again, trying to get the trophies, because I knew I could get through it in like an hour and a half, an hour. So, I mean, one could say a zero to five-hour game may actually influence you to buy that game over something bigger. So it does work the opposite way, too. and it, You know what I mean? And like, yeah, maybe if you're hurt or you're wounded and, and you're trying to recover at home or you got COVID, right, you know you're going to not be working for five to ten days maybe that's the time to buy
1: a full freaking game a big, a big ass open world game you know if you know you're going to be doing that so i don't know well and i actually i actually did this recently like i don't know if you've ever used that website how long to beat yeah i've seen but- it yeah. So basically, you just if you just Google how long to beat and then a certain game, it almost always takes you to that that website. (laughs) Such a great and uh and it just is an ad like like players' average time (laughs) for beating the main story versus meeting beating all the story and a hundred percenting the game essentially. And I did this recently. Whenever I decided to download, uh, I had The Forgotten City, Narita Boy, and unsighted where that, that was that other game where I was like, which one do I want to play first? And I was like, I want the one that's the fastest to play first. And <laughs> me. of the three of them For- forgotten city was the, was the quickest to beat. So I was like, all right, fuck it. I'll play this one first. Yeah. And so it, it is something that, that I definitely put thought into regularly, especially if I've got uh, a hefty schedule. So, you know, for me, the next big argument, internal argument, is going to be, you know, I guess it's not even so much an internal argument because we need to talk about it as a podcast, but like when we're going to do Mass Effect two, and yeah, you know, I'm kind of thinking as soon as we, we both just be wait until, well, that's what I'm saying, like when Horizons done, we'll play Mass Effect you two, back, yeah, I'm in agreement with that, for you sure. know, and because because or mass effect two is a 30 hour game. Like the first mass effect, I don't know how long it took you, but it took me like 18, 19 hours to beat the first mass Probably about effect. 23 for me. Yeah. And uh, so mass effect two, if you do all, like if you do a lot of stuff or whatever, you know, you're talking between 30, 35 hours to beat that game. So, you know, you're going to have a little bit more time sunk into it. Now I think, you know, Mass Effect 2 is one of those games I believe that's worth it. Mm. And I think that Horizon is probably going to be. I think I'm trying to remember the first Horizon, I think I spent like between 40 and 50 hours. I think it was like between 40 and 50 hours and I platinumed it. So I'm hoping that Horizon 2 is the same thing and they're not like, they're not doing that shit like they did with the fucking Last of Us Part 2, where they took what should have been a tight 18 hour story and made it like 35 hours for a single playthrough and uh, you know because it was just way too much and you know we'll
0: see we'll see yeah yeah we will we will see and uh, I did just check to see how long Streets of Rage 4 is to beat, and it said three hours I feel like I get through that's a testament to how fun the game is I felt like I was beating it in like an hour and 15 minutes or something but I'll have to time my next run through that game Hmm. I don't know. Three hours seems a little long, but that's the consensus. Well, moving on, Jake. Let's talk about the new games coming out this week here, and it is the 16th today, I think. Let me look here. Yeah, we're recording this on January 16th, 2022. New games coming out on the 18th. We have River City Girls on PS5. January 20th, we're getting the Hitman Trilogy on PS5, PS4. Rainbow Six Extraction on PS5, PS4. RPG... Golf Legends, PS5, PS4, and Windjammers 2 on PS4. I feel like that's an old list. I feel like I've read those games before. I thought the Hitman trilogy yeah, was all,
1: already. They're all... Well, Extraction well, is a big deal. The Well, the Hitman, the new Hitman trilogy, is this the new Hitman trilogy, or is it a re, Is it like a, a port of I the didn't, old Hitman trilogy? I didn't go games. that far. It just said Hitman trilogy. I pff, couldn't tell you. Huh. Couldn't... Hell yeah, my dude. But that's all we have for the show today. Dude, you want to feel fucking terrible about yourself? <laughs> not really. So I so I was talking to someone at work recently about not to you know, I you know, I don't this isn't trying to be political or anything about like that, but like I was talking to somebody at work about how it sucks that nowadays the way that the world works that even if you make Good money. When I say good money, I mean like good, like middle class money, not like fucking millions of dollars. But if you make good like middle class money, you still can't buy anything without taking on debt. So you can't buy a like you can't fucking buy a car without getting a loan because they're so expensive now. You can't buy a fucking house for less than, you know, a a gajillion dollars now. You know, everything requires, like, loans and debts and all this kind of shit. And, you know, he was telling me about how, like, it's pretty fucked up that, you know, 40 years ago or 30 years ago, our parents could buy a house for, say, $40,000. And now that house costs $200,000. But we, as employees, are not making five times as much money. No, we're not. That's inflation. So... Right. So, you know, it it was just we were having this conversation and how frustrating it was that, like, you know, between Sarah, who works in the schools and me, I work as an engineer, like we make decent money between the two of us. But but I still feel like I have to I still feel like I have to pinch pennies all the time. Yeah. yeah, 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 Because of like because of debt and student loans and and all this. And the want to be
0: responsible. Right. To have a little bit of emergency fund. And Yeah, you don't know
1: when the floor is going to fall out and all this shit. Well, uh, Video Games Chronicle has an article right now that is like the top 10 highest paid CEOs in video games Mm -hmm. right now. So if you want to think about, think about how much money you make, the listener, or Fred, or me, how much money do you make in a year? The highest paid... CEO in a North American video game company mm. is Bobby Kodak for Activision Blizzard, who last year made 154 million dollars. Mm. Could you fucking imagine? Just imagine making 154 million dollars. That's more. That's more than. That's more than 10 million dollars a month. Yeah. A month i can't Im- I can't imagine having
0: having uh, first of all it's exorbitant I, I don't think anyone needs that kind of fucking money I think it's fine to want it but I think it's I think it's ridiculous to make that much money in a year just because I'm on a i li- i I'm just so so many worlds away from that kind of lifestyle and that ability to like even comprehend what that money looks like like to me it's just imaginative it's imaginative like it's not even a real it's not even a real thing to me you know what i mean and i'll work the rest of my life and you will too and we'll still do the things we love but it would be fantastic to not have to
1: worry about about money yeah, yeah like
0: even buying a game right
1: or yeah. like oh if i need another I have to tool feel sent. guilty about it and all this shit yeah, yeah. it's it's really annoying i mean but uh, but that's the struggle
0: like, of like dude 99 percent it's 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 everybody like if you went to college right to further yourself chances are you still have a lot of debt um, unless you got into that loan forgiveness thing which I'm actually eligible for because I do public service as a work but I don't know how to even fucking do it and the time's ticking I only owe like listen listen this is how fucked up it is I'm forty. I'm still paying off my student loans. And I went to a state yeah. state college, dude. I, I didn't go to like some fancy pants college. Went to, yeah. you know what I mean? And and it's it's just like one of those things, dude. I, I owe a little around 2000 left on my student loans. And granted, I could just dip into the bank account and just fucking pay it off now. But the amount of mm. interest that I'm paying on those is so small that I'd rather just keep my
1: nest eggs. Basically zero at this yeah, point. But yeah, but I'm
0: eligible for the student loan forgiveness thing. But then we live in a world now where we have so many fucking scam artists. I get – I'm not even fucking kidding. I get three or four calls a week from people saying – This is so and so from the student loan forgiveness program. Uh, Just so you know, the Biden administration is ending the blah 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 by this date. So please call us, and you know you can have your loans forgiven. You got to set this up. You got to do the paperwork on time. We need blah blah blah. And I'm like, I don't fucking trust anybody. I went to like the official government site, and I was looking at all these different things about how to do it. And I'm like fuck it i'm not i'm not going through the stress of having my identity stolen to save me 2000 bucks like i'm just going to pay it at this yeah. point i incurred the debt myself i don't need someone to pay it off for me it's just annoying because i am in public service and it's the thing that they're trying to do to help people in our in like my position
1: and like if you're teaching in teachers' positions i'm just so sick of it man like well that's there's so like, many scammers you know, like I went to school, like I'm in a STEM field, obviously, and yeah. when I graduated from high school, and this is something that we were I was talking about with my work buddy too, is that like I feel like they lied to us. When we were in high school, they're like, you got to go to college, got to go to college, got to go to college. You know, all the fucking guys that are making all the money right now are the guys that are doing the apprentice programs right out of high school school, and getting their fucking electrician's electricians license and making $60 an hour fucking wiring a house. We're working for like right? Charging $200 to fucking pick something out of your (laughs) drink. You know, those motherfuckers uh, haven't figured out. I think it's so funny because like, you know, we're talking about, you know, people who make so much money. Uh, Obviously, like I'm a big fan of hockey and there's this there's this funny kind of meme in in the hockey world where NHL players, because they have like if you're familiar with pro sports at all, usually like in a professional sports league the players are part of, like, a union. Yeah. Like, they have, like, a players' association that's, like, a union that sort of represents them. And they bargain with the league for, like, uh, you know, minimum salaries and, you know, maximum number of games that you can play within a given <laughs> amount of time and, like, basically players' rights, essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, part of the collective bargaining agreement for the NHL is that the maximum fine a player can incur is like $5,000 or something like that might even be like $10,000. And so there's always these stories that happen in the NHL where like an NHL player will just straight up fucking cold cock somebody and like totally egregious shit, like, or beat them over the head with their stick or something. And they'll get fined by, by the NHL, like $5,000, which is the maximum allowed by the CBA and it's like people always talking in nhl media or in hockey media about like that would be like if you or i in terms of salaries right that would be like if you or i got charged like $25 to punch somebody in the face it in terms of it our annual too. salary right so it's That's like so it's like it's like i got a problem with somebody at work you better fucking believe I'd pay twenty five dollars to punch you in the face right now <laughs> yeah. if I knew I could get away <laughs> right, with it. Right, right, right. And might keep more people in line too in the. In the office. Yeah, it's like why the hell? Like, why even bother finding them? You know what I mean? But like, that's, I don't know. That's funny. But we, we don't have to talk about fucking wage inequality at this point. I mean, that's not really the point of the podcast. Well, no, I, I just thought it was kind of obviously
0: I, anyone who's seen yeah. our video podcast know that we are on. <laughs> We're doing well. Like, you know, by no stretch am I complaining about my income and the things that I've been able to earn for myself. Not at all. We're so appreciative of the listeners. It's just one of those things that I feel like everybody, if you're human and you work full time, you're just like, why can't I fucking just have a little bit more money? Just a little bit more for my trouble, right? Like, because then you always see the next person on the pecking, the next person up and like, you know, you're, you're the worm that day, you know, there's a big bird coming in to eat you. Like, there's always, there's always somebody the next level up and like if it's in your field the way my <laughs> the way my job works is it seems like the higher you climb the ladder the easier the job gets like oh yeah that's the impression and it's just like man like it seems so backwards you know because people are making so much more money than me in my field and it seems like the responsibilities i mean they are responsible for more but they do way less Right. Oh, sure. they got to take it on the chin whenever something really bad happens. But like, are they
1: putting the work in daily? I don't know. I don't know. That's just the way it is with a lot yeah. of places. Well, you, and you work for the government too. So, yeah. I mean, that's whereas like, like basically they, the higher ups literally just to make need to just make sure that people are following the regulations that are already set in stone. Right. So it's not like they're coming up with new rules and regulations. because no, you can't write that stuff. Or, like can't. organization yeah. and all that type of shit. Because like that's all above them. <laughs> right, right, the right, 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 right. Like people vote on that shit. Yeah. And then now they're just like, well, is Fred filing the TPS report? Oh so yeah. he is. All right, I'll go on vacation. Yeah. So like.
0: <laughs> yeah, what, what office, but, uh, place, anyway. right? Like what's he saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, uh, I'm going to need you to come in on the weekend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, just stop. Just so, stop. anyway, but I think that's that's all I got for today. I, I just thought it was no. kind of an interesting. Yeah. And I just didn't
0: want people, the stop. listeners, to think by any stress to imagine that we're complaining about not having money.
1: Oh, no. I, <sighs> I consider myself lucky all the yeah, time. Sure. I mean, we have way more than a lot of people in this world do. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where you look at what you have Com- and you're like, okay, well, I know that I'm doing better than. You know, fifty percent of the population, yeah, right. right? But then I look at the other fifty percent of the, and I'm like, like, what the, the top, hell? The top one yeah. percent, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's impossible. It's just, like it's I said, it's not
0: even in my realm of imagination. I'm a pretty imaginative person. I just can't even fathom what it'd be like to make millions of dollars a year. Like, I wouldn't to even know what worth, the fuck to do know, with
1: myself. Like. If you're, you know, you're Jeff Bezos, and your literally your net worth is literally half a trillion dollars, and it's like, okay, yeah, I know he doesn't have half a trillion dollars yeah. in the bank, yeah, but I guarantee you that what he has in the bank is more than you will ever make in ten lifetimes, yeah. So, you know, what are you gonna do? I'm
0: surprised just, those just people don't end up dead bed. sooner. I mean, you could have. Uh, I mean, if you have an addictive personality, like do. man, I mean, but like, imagine if you if you had. Like a, a really bad drug problem, right? And you're Jeff Bezos, and you can like create probably the best drug in the world, and just like,
1: I mean, what the fuck? Like you could do well. Those people, their their addiction is money, right? So that's, well, that is that's know, what drives
0: them, right? That that and the creativity, and, may, and maybe like the uh, the power, the, the, yeah, sure, the, the power, prestige,
1: the prestige, you know the I mean? title,
0: yeah, or or maybe just the praise from doing cool shit or the media attention, right? narcissistic people maybe to a degree i don't know but i mean i wouldn't say no to that kind of money <laughs> not for a year yeah i would i, I wouldn't I, I don't know if i'd want to want to do and be under the spotlight like they are
1: um like i mean fuck if somebody came to us and they're like hey we want to buy the ps this is awesome brand and we'll pay a million dollars for it i'd be like oh, you can dude. fucking have could it. you imagine there you go right now split a million dollars between the two of us and then you'll never see us again (laughs) i can't even imagine
0: yeah i'd sell the show in a heartbeat dude we'll just start another podcast somewhere else you know what i mean yeah it'd be that simple but anyways let's quit talking let's let the let's let the listeners get on with their week we hope you all have been doing well and uh we're gonna keep uh keep coming back like a punching bag this has been episode 204 of P.S. This is Awesome. We hope you enjoyed our conversations today. There wasn't a whole lot of news points that I, that I deemed worthy to discuss, so I hope you enjoyed the banter between Jake and I, and uh, we will talk to you next time. There's no closing music. If you want to submit music to our podcast, you can do so if it's your band or your friend's band at P.S. This is Awesome at gmail.com. Just shoot us a line there. Don't forget, you can... Uh, hit us up on Patreon, subscribe to the show for a dollar a month and uh it helps us out and uh keeps the lights on, keeps the uh the heat on in these wintry months and uh we do appreciate y'all. So thank you for tuning in and we will catch you next time. So like Naruto boy, Nidhogg and NBA Jam. PS, P.S. this is this awesome. is awesome. Awesome.